Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Hey, Emily. Hello, Michelle. How are you today? (laughs) Oh, man. I am... I'm awesome. I'm really excited to be here again today. I know. Me too. I'm feeling much better than I was last time. Oh. Yeah. I feel hallelujah. like I know. I was I was such a Debbie Downer last. I mean, well, it wasn't all the whole way. No, it just I was no, just no. a little under, I was a little tired and stuff. But now I just I feel I feel a lot better about life and um yeah. you know being here and you know, I've got the energy back and Well, you know what helps that energy? Bubbles. Well, there is, you know, <laughs> you definitely know how to get on my good side is to uh, give me a lot of champagne bubbles. Well, interestingly enough, mm-hmm. I did not bring these bubbles today. You didn't? No. Who, should, our who brought our bubbles? guest, Julia. Hi, Hi Julia. You like the bubbles? I we love bubbles. Cheers. 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 So this is a special episode because, well, our friend Julia is here and we're drinking bubbles. That's well, always special. All of our episodes are special. Obviously. But this is extra special. Because it is Julia's birthday. Happy birthday. 38 today. Yay. 38. <laughs> Don't Hold laugh. on a I second. I know I'm a baby. Hold it's on okay. a second. Let me it's just okay. drink some more bubbles. <laughs> My best friend is eight years older than me, so she thinks oh. it's adorable. I've always had friends that have, have spanned a wide distance in years, so I I can appreciate yes. that. So well, I'm not old enough to be your mom, but I am old enough to be your best older sister. There we go. I like that. I think we can settle on that. We can agree yeah. on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I pro- you have the hair for it. Do I? You do for the older sister look, mm-hmm. not the get your manager look. No, <laughs> you do not look like Linda. You're not asking for anyone's manager. No, no, not, no. But appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much about that. You know my hair, but oh. a happy birthday and thank, thank you. you. For like wanting to come and hang out with us on your I birthday know. and drink yeah. some bubbly and talk and do our podcast. Yeah. So rather than me introducing the wine as I normally do, since Julia brought it, she brought us a very special bottle. I would love for her to ex- tell us about it and what what inspired her to share this particular bottle on this All right. awesome day of celebration. So this is something that my husband brought for me. Um, it's Champagne Copenay. Uh, Marie Copenay uh, inherited the winery from her grandparents, and she insisted that they put her first name on it since it was a woman winemaker. Love her. That's so appropriate. So um, it is a beautiful, like bright, like I don't know, like exuberant pink. Beautiful Lots pink of color. tiny, tiny bubbles. Mm-hmm. Um, I see her name. Like on creamy, the but also like Very really dry and bracing. Um, mm-hmm. Like kind of cranberry, like oh, it's sour cherry, toasted bread, a little bit of butter. It's really good. Yeah. He nailed it. Absolutely. He did nail it. Yeah. yeah. Of course, he wanted you to have it for your birthday, and you could drink with him. And you were like, "No, yeah, I'm no, taking it. You. I'm taking it to the girls. Absolutely. I'm going to share this with them." But so, so Julia and I met at. The Wine Merchant. The most famous wine, yes. wine place on our podcast. And, you know, not 
not everyone um, do I trust their wine palate to like you know steer me in the right direction. But I always knew As that you when know, Julia she doesn't trust my palate at all. <laughs> You're not allowed to pick the wine. I am not allowed to pick the <laughs> no. wine. I've made some suggestions, and Emily just goes, no, "Oh, that's no, okay. that's nice, Michelle. <laughs> that's not what you're in charge of, that's Michelle. Nice. Just just come and be we funny. We all have our strengths. Yeah, it's now, you know, I will handle this. You did pick out the Jigandas rosé that we drank, which I thought was lovely. Yeah, one out of a hundred <laughs> episodes, she lets me bring the wine. Yeah, but that's okay. Go. That's right. I'm learning. I'm learning. And I did ask last episode, and hopefully we'll do this soon, about wines you can just open up and just start drinking. You don't have to wait an hour till Bubbles. it's... Yeah, I th- that's a perfect answer. There you go. Bubbles. Where was that answer? So I need time. to have. I need to be stocking my fridge full of champagne yes. and prosecco and yes. bubbles. So live that, your best life. So <laughs> that whenever I need to just come home and pop open a bottle and not have to wait, because Emily has the willpower <laughs> of a saint. Well, she's probably drinking something else while she waits for the one bottle to get ready to go. Right, Emily? I mean, you're is not that, a saint. Is that I the mean, secret? <laughs> doesn't she, didn't, she, she didn't share that part. She <laughs> just she just had me like she's had her up on herself the altar. Seem very, very saintly. Oh yeah, she was like, I always, I can wait. You know, I let it, I let it breathe for that three days. She's probably days. having her cooking wine while she's waiting for <laughs> her fancy gonna, wine to she's open. She's not going to tell me what her cooking wine no. is because she's going to go. No, Michelle, you go buy it all. You'll just be drinking my cooking wine. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we can definitely have a discussion about cooking wine <laughs> because that is something I'm very passionate about as well. Yeah. But I wanted to share with you what I think um, led me to say that we needed to have Julia on our show. So not only does she have this amazing palate, she is a sommelier. Did I pronounce that right? You did. Okay. Um, she's. I know that when I've when I've ever consulted her for a bottle, she has steered me in the right direction. So she's just got a real gift for it. So I was like, okay, point number one, right there, she's in. And then, of course, we were in the wine merchant, and we started talking, and it was like, oh my gosh, this woman needs to be on our show. And so hold on, hold mm-hmm. on. Much like a bottle of wine. Yes. There are like levels and depths and experiences with somebody that you, with every sip, mm-hmm. with every story, mm-hmm. with every interaction, right? Yes. Very nice. More of you is more of you is um, not exposed. That's the wrong word. I was. It was so beautiful. I was going to be a you poet were, you were for a minute. <laughs> revealed. Revealed. The, there you go. The notes and layers. Yes. The notes and layers of well, a person, especially since we just knew each other casually, yeah. and then to like. Good to have an idea about someone and then to sit down and, you know, Talk start to kind of dig in. That's that's where it gets interesting. Yeah, it was that's more nice. of these like, holy fuck. Yeah, I know. You're amazing. She's an incredible woman. Oh, yeah. oh we you. need to have her on. And I also want to be her best friend forever now, oh, wait, too. Um, like, you an know. additional BFF. Of course. Yeah, okay. Of course. I yeah, I, mean, I also <laughs> have to say that every time Emily was in the store, I'd have to like stalk up to her and be like, I know I say this to you every time you're here, <laughs> but you look so fucking cute today. Oh. <laughs> like every time. And then I was like, well, now I'm just her creepy stalker. No, but not at all. Yeah. No, Emily does have a fashion sense that's yes. out of this world. And it makes world. other people smile, you know? Oh. We, were at a, we were at a conference or, um, at the end of last week. Yeah. People were just like asking her if they could take a picture of her yeah. in her outfit. I don't doubt it. Yeah. She looks terrific all the she time. Looks, wow. And she smiles and she it looks makes fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. She had these great shoes on and I was like, oh, I'm in my flats. My dance codes. I'm in my you dance codes. But at least that makes my arches happy. Yes. And, uh, and Emily, and she, she obliged. She smiled. She let people take their pic- her, 
picture, her picture, and she was like, yes, of yeah. course. Anyone can dress like this if they just try. <laughs> well, I'm just all about just just don't. It's, people often say to me, I could never wear that. And I find that to Why be not? surprising. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's just, it's if you if you feel good, if it, if this item makes you feel good, then yes, you can wear it. You know, you can wear anything you want as long as you feel good in it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Emily doesn't have to start very low. I mean, you already have, like, so many of God's great gifts. Oh, jeez. So you're not starting. This is not the Emily episode, ladies. <laughs> oh, wait, that was your birthday a couple weeks ago. Did we get together right. and, like, decide to make her blush before I we started? Yeah, we did. We did. Oh, we're like, my God. We? And uh, we almost wore our matching flannel shirts, but we didn't. We were like, oh, we won't well, go there. Julie is wearing a very lovely sweater flannel. that matches <laughs> You're like, the why did you take oh, me? Does. Yeah, I'm the sweater girl. Mm-hmm. I'm from Colorado. I love sweaters and flannels. Yeah. What did you? What have you done for your birthday so far? <laughs> oh gosh, I uh, was woken up by my six do- my sick daughter at three a.m. screaming, no. "Mom, Mom, I'm dying! I'm dying!" She wasn't dying, but I think she's got a little bout of bronchitis. Okay. Oh. So we hung out all morning, which was really cute because she doesn't sit still long enough anymore to like get cuddles snugly so that was kind of nice and she's quieter when she doesn't feel well so we did that so actually a good day. it was a good thing yeah uh so you know i got extra You're not looking snuggles at your children saying hey can you, Could you go sick? away? Can yeah. you be sick this week? Yeah. So that you're quieter and we can snuggle yeah so we did lots of snuggling and then i um uh canvassed in the rain for democrats in missouri oh, and wow. by the time this airs we'll know if that was happy or a tragedy and, what uh, was the response? I got really great response. Um, more people were home than I thought. There was a an off day of school for mm. either district or private schools or something. But everywhere someone was home, there were kids home. And so I was going to likely Democratic voters just to get their vote guarantees. And to remind them to vote. And to remind them to vote. And everyone that answered today was like excited to vote like super psyched, knew who their candidates were, even down to like their house districts, which is wow. strange yeah. for you know, this time of year. And uh, everyone had their plan to vote and people were like scared about what will happen if we don't win. Like I know. Actually scared. A woman told me today that she was afraid to put a sign in her yard because people have said really nasty things to her. And wow. the last couple times, the last couple elections, they put signs in their yard, they get stolen. Oh my gosh. They've had, you know, what things a, thrown at their house. Bullies, 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 bullies. So yeah, it's hard to be a Democrat in West County. So yeah, trudging yeah. past all the Josh Hawley signs in the rain. Oh Lord. Oh, my oh. oh I hope. I'm hoping. Maybe, we'll like know tomorrow. Them. We'll know tomorrow. Yeah. I'm just impressed that 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 you had that commitment to say, okay, this is your yeah, birthdays come once a year, but yeah. this this election is important, and you were like, mm, I'm going to do the bigger thing. Yeah, and I'm going to. And I could have just said I don't want to go because it was raining and my kid was in bed. But part of what we're voting for, I think, is our health care. And I want to be able to take my daughter to the doctor. So, you know, I yeah. it's think important it's to get really out there. really valid. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope that um, that you're... I hope we have you on again on a celebratory Yes, exactly. Yeah, we can talk about how that all paid off. <laughs> Yay. If not, I hope you're already picking out like what wine we're going to have to drink for the next uh, two years. I'm learning three. French and moving to Canada if it doesn't. <laughs> I think they need like American wine consultants in Canada I'm probably. Actually, I'm actually going to just like claim asylum at like whatever country will take there me. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have lots I'm of a friends refugee. in Sweden. 
Huh? You have lots of friends in Sweden. I do have Sweden. lots of friends oh, in Sweden. Oh, that sounds like a really, yeah. be a cool place that to go. That is a very cool place. But we're, yeah, I'm going to be there in about, oh, two weeks. Two yeah. weeks I'm going. Oh, yeah. that's exciting. And um, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have a little... We'll do a remote episode. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fun. We'll adjust for the time. So you won't be here for Thanksgiving, though? But no, you'll be in no. Sweden. My ex-husband and I, we alternate oh, holidays. Oh, right. And so this is his year for Thanksgiving. Now, again, the children are much older, so you know it's not like... I mean, I could be gone anyway, and they could order pizza. Right. Right, if they wanted to. But it is their dad's year for, for Thanksgiving, so I don't feel nearly as guilty as if I was leaving them on my year for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But it's my year for Christmas, so I will be I'll be in the States. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> in the same house with them over with Christmas. With dominoes. With dominoes, yeah. Um, yeah. I should probably, we should probably like try to like hashtag that or, you know, let dominoes <laughs> listen to this episode and maybe like pay for it or something. Give us since a pizza. I've, since <laughs> How about I've, that? How about delivery I've during I've mentioned it so many times now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'll be there in a couple of weeks. That's I'm awesome. really looking forward to it. Shout out to my friend Anne in Sweden. Hopefully, Yay. she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that, what I've already consumed my first glass of bubbles because mm-hmm. you know it is it is really good. We haven't even like given our our impressions of Copenhagen. Oh, yeah. oh, what do you guys think of it? Good. Well, I mean, Emily's I mean, is got it's, like it's empty. If that tells you anything, yeah. Um, I I love how it's creamy and dry all at the same time. These little tiny bubbles that dance around your tongue. I I like you taste that cranberry, mm-hmm. a little like roasted strawberry kind of mm. thing going on. I think this is th- just absolutely delightful. Really good. I like I'm it. really excited you decided to share this with us. I am too. And I would, I'm going to put myself out there and say, this is not a champagne that's going to give you a headache no. tomorrow. No, it is not. This, this is pinpoint so good. bubbles. Mm-mm. You're in good shape. Not a lot of sugar left in there. Mm-hmm. No, it's fantastic. Fantastic. So let's put some so more in is, our glass. What, let, like, no, wait. Okay. What is What's your, the question? Yeah. What, what kind of panty is this? Um, this kind of panty is, oh, 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 <laughs> obviously not one that you're spilling, you're, you're like falling out of. I think this is, this is like a really like a classy pair of panties, you know, like, like I would say like some satin, not, not that kind of, all right, I'm, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a more curvier girl mm. than Emily. So when I talk about panties cutting into your side, it's a little different. So Emily might wear like something like like a little spaghetti strap panties, but I'm not going to. But this is like a not a not a granny panty. This is like one of those really classy, satiny, shiny, everybody looks sexy panties. Mm, maybe a little lace layered. There on she top goes. Of the satin. She, she's <laughs> like pulling something that might chafe me later. <laughs> You I know. think it's like white lace boy shorts. White lace See, that's boy shorts my preference. No, I like. I've got like. Shorts. I've got the this. butt looks good in them. Love them. Like it goes under every like with everything. Yeah, they don't slide up. Yes. Well, no. Th- so like the panties that I have in my head for this are like a black shiny satin, not a real thin well, strap on this side. White lace Ex- boy shorts, no, but black because black is slimming. Well, yes. <laughs> no matter what. True. Michelle has to wear something that's slimming, even if she's practically naked. <laughs> she yeah. has to be slimming. <laughs> I say these are a boy short for sure, like mm-hmm. you. 
but I would say they're a combination of a like a baby pink silk Ooh. with white lace. Ooh, that's very fancy. That's what this win. reminds me of. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, you know, it, that's not for going with panty analogies. Well, right. It is very good, and uh, the best part is, is that it was a gift. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So exactly. Anyway, let's take a yes. quick break. We'll drink a little bit more and we'll come back and talk some more with Julia. You're awesome. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is the best wine. And I yes. I still maintain that it is black satin panties that don't ride up or you know constrict on the hips well if that's your perfect pair then that's your perfect pair that sounds fantastic and i think that aligns very well with with these bubbles that we have so you know michelle when we set out to create this podcast um I mean, one of the things that really inspired us was just this idea of having really honest, vulnerable conversations. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was one of the things that instantly drew me to Julia because, you know, we had we had seen each other, you know, in this kind of more casual environment and, and in passing and had small conversations. But the first time that we actually had like a conversation it was well, something it went, beyond like the superficial, right. like acquaintance type. But when exactly. you went, like you delved, we actually dove deep into listened each to each other to learn a little bit more about each other. And it was like she told me her story, and it, I just love people who are so willing to just be honest about where they are in life and who they are and and um, share share the good times and bad times and all of it. And um, that struck me. And so Julia shared with me that she has a blog and it's Crazy Young Mother, mm-hmm. which I encourage everybody to look up. It, it's beautiful. I've it, seen it. <clears throat> it is gorgeous. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. It, it's, it, there's so many things that are gorgeous about it. It's it's well written. The photography is beautiful. The art the artistry behind all the, the imagery. The, yes, the the story that you're telling, and then just all the you know who you are as a as a mother, as somebody who loves food and wine. It's all shared so well. But the thing that like I I I literally got tears when you shared the website with me, and I read through it the first time, reading the about page. And I actually just want to take a second to Mm -hmm. read to everybody the first couple of paragraphs on it because it's tremendously compelling. Um, It is written by Julia's husband, Tim. Mm -hmm. And it's about Crazy Young Mother. And it starts, I have been infatuated with Julia since the day she came into my life over 16 years ago. I remember feeling chills the moment we met. She, a whirlwind of energy and wisdom, does not suffer fools or allow any lower standards than she imposes on herself. She is a remarkable woman of exceptional intelligence and steadfast convictions. She is tall and loud and beautiful, but also imposing and intimidating, and she knows this to everyone, and she shows this to everyone she meets. I wish, of course, that I were introducing you under different circumstances, I'm sorry, I wish, of course, that I were introducing you 
to her under different circumstances. Here, she will tell you how years of chronic pain from daily migraines that she suffered since she was 17 chipped away at her resolve and depression began to creep in. But she persisted. She continued to put on the same brave face day after day as anxiety grew and festered inside her. She knew the pain was winning as the migraines intensified. So did the number of days that she couldn't get out of bed. She was a prisoner in her own body and a ghost in her own home, unable, unable to cook, to entertain her friends, to spend every free moment with her beloved children. Faced with the thought of giving in, of letting her standards on her own quality of life suffer, paranoid anxiety took over. Soon, the only logical end, she reasoned, was suicide. And that is where we join Julia's story. So, I mean... <laughs> that is beautiful. It's, when he sent that to me, I was like blown away. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, because those are conversations and thoughts that couples don't actually share with each other, you know? I mean, yeah. it's not something that he's going to tell you like every day, but when they write it out and you're like, wow, the impact I, I make on on him is more powerful than I could ever have imagined. Oh, absolutely. And especially after like having something so scary happen and he could have just thought, this isn't the woman I married. This isn't what I signed up for. But instead he just kind of like doubled down on his resolve yeah. and, um, yeah, and like kind of just dove in and, you know. We're so would you share with our listeners just real quick what happened to you a, a couple months ago? Yeah, so I— brought all of this to a head. Yeah, so for the last 21 years, I've had um, a really severe form of migraine. It's a daily chronic migraine. Um, it causes lots of problems in my life, but if you could just imagine like having the worst headache of your life almost every day of your life. All the time. All the time. You can't um, get away from it can't get away from it the the drugs they give you have myriad side effects and you have to such you know. as um oh god i've tried so many different things i i took triptan sometimes and they would uh there was one it was an injectable it was like this burst of air that you put in your thigh and for like 10 minutes afterwards it, it feels like you're dying and it even says in the instructions like to do the injection like for the first few minutes afterwards your headache may intensify which if you're already having like the worst headache of your life right. to spend the next few minutes like ramping it up. Oh yeah. And then it would like bring on these like feelings of like panic. Um, I couldn't breathe, like my like racing heart. So then it turned out that I can't take triptans anymore, which are like the most um, effective abortive type of medication. It's just not safe for my um my lungs and my heart. Mm. So there's just really not much outside of like opioid painkillers and some preventatives that don't have a lot of um, like clinical studies. And you've um, been suffering from these migraines or migraine-like symptoms for. I got since my first migraine when I was nine. Nine. But they became um, chronic and daily when I was seventeen. And today's my thirtieth birthday. Right at seventeen, like was there? I don't know. Was there something that had happened, or do you? Is there? There were a lot of things that had happened. Um, I have a contentious relationship with my mother. Uh, I don't want to go too crazy with it because my brother might listen to this. And they, sure. have, they have a better relationship than she and I have. But we are estranged. And when I was in high school, I think I saw her twice. Um, my parents were divorced. My parents were divorced. My mother became involved with a... Um, very severe drug abuser. Oh, wow. He very, more than once, uh, stole just about everything of value from us and sold it. 
um, once our car with all the Christmas presents in it, and he got $200 worth of crack oh. for a car filled with Christmas presents. Wow. So um, that was like a big rupture in my life. Uh, we didn't live with my mom anymore. By the time I was 17, we'd been in St. Louis for about 18 months. With your dad. Um, and that's with my dad. And that was a lot more stable. His family is here. Things were a lot more normal. Um, but I started having these headaches. Mm. And they have never stopped. So so um, I'm sure there's a, a, a strong medical reason as to why you're having these migraines. But have you also explored this psychological side of it? Not so much until very recently, so since my hospitalization. So what happened in July is um, for about a year, I had been having like real issues with food revulsion. Like I hadn't been eating much. I lost like 85 pounds in about a year. Yeah, I lost. I know this is not a diet that people should go <laughs> on. It is not a diet anyone should go God on. And by bless. the way, now that I know what it takes to like have like cut in like stomach muscles and everything, ladies, you're never going to get there. <laughs> it's like 500 calories a day. You can't do it and for it's the not rest worth of your it life. for the rest of your life. Yes. Yeah. There is no cheating. Like I am as thin as I've ever been. I have a thigh gap and I'm literally starving myself for it. So yeah. it's not worth it. Don't do it. You can't oh. do it. It's not realistic. Um, So I woke up one morning in July after like a year of um, like growing anxiety, like daily anxiety attacks and... um that you talk about on your blog that you were actually hiding those daily anxiety attacks from everybody. I was because I... Because you didn't want anybody to think, well, as a woman, that you were failing at being a parent or being a wife. I wanted to be perfect at everything. Um, I already had this, like, disease that kept me in bed sometimes. So anytime I could show up, I wanted to show up. And if it meant I had a panic attack at the pool with the kids, it just meant no one got to know about it. Everything was fine later. I still had dinner for the family ready, you know, and maybe guests over that evening. Right. Uh, I didn't want to trade any of that in for the other thing, if that makes sense. Um, it does. It does. So I woke up one morning and I was literally hearing voices and I thought I could just... Was this the first time you'd heard voices? With- no, I had a, a small bout of postpartum depression and okay. psychosis after my son was born. Is he um, the second But this or the was first? different. He's the first. Okay. After you have something that severe happen, like as soon as, literally as soon as my daughter was born, my doctor, like he handed the baby to me and then handed me a Zoloft, was just like, we're just not going to yeah. even So he was already aware of it. Okay. He, oh, they were okay. very aware. How yes. long did it take you to die? Did you know that what you were experiencing was postpartum depression? No, I did not understand what was happening to me at all. And so what was happening and what finally led you to get some help for that? So after my son was born, I I don't know. I became very concerned about them about him getting ill, about germs. I'm not a germaphobe. I became very, very concerned with germs. I I was obsessed with them, uh, with him becoming sick or like him drowning in a pool, which like he's an infant. Where is he gonna get in a pool? <laughs> but like I had these very unreasonable and like constant thoughts about his physical safety. And then it turned into, because that wasn't something I had control over, um, it, it just turned into all these negative thoughts about me. Um, mm-hmm. So it was never an issue of me bonding with my son. I know a lot of people where they have a depression or psychosis that's that severe, they don't bond with their child. I had a very deep bond with my son, but I thought that there was just something wrong with me. I thought he would be better off without me, that he and, that his That he was in some father, sort of danger in some way. Or that, that I just wasn't good enough, or I was sick anyways. Uh, 
I don't mm. know. I was so in it. I I don't even re- like. I can't even look back and recognize who I was. It it seems so unrelatable to me. And how old is he now? He's eight. Eight. Yeah. Okay. So I woke up one day and I dropped him off with my mother-in-law. This summer? And, uh, no, this was when I first found out. Okay. Th- when I first had a, like a, an issue. With the voices? Yeah. And I just knew that I was either going to go to the doctor and get help or kill myself. And I don't even really know how, but I ended up in the waiting room at my doctor's office. I didn't have an appointment. Oh, wow. So you kind of had this blackout period from yeah. that realization to being there. And then, like, one of the nurses came back from behind the counter, and they're like, Mrs. Greco, you don't have an appointment today. I'm like, I need to see the doctor. I need to see a doctor right now, or I'm going to go kill myself. Um, and this wow. nurse practitioner that was there that could spend some time with me, like, saved my life. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. She listened. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's I'm, so powerful. She when- sat with me for, like, two hours. I, can you imagine what it was like for her to well, to have somebody present themselves? And she had to decide, is it better to take this young mother away from her family for like three days and lock up? Or can I give her some drugs and talk to her husband on the phone and know that she's going to like live through the day? Like I yeah. know that that's what she was thinking. And I am so lucky that she decided not to send me to the hospital because yeah. I think that would have sent me over the edge. Like At that point in time. Being separated from my son I think would have been. And I know that doesn't make sense because I wanted to go kill myself anyways. But once I decided I didn't want to, it yeah. was like I I needed to be with him. Yeah. It's, it's um, I, I'm curious about, I'm so glad that she was there for you. I think, mm-hmm. you know, being a woman, I'm curious if she herself is a mother. Or she is, is a mother, so, yeah. You know, um, that, that she had this understanding. I think so many times women are um, having these struggles and and they're dismissed. Mm-hmm. You know, they're dismissed by the, the, the doctor because mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, you're a woman and you're just, you're on your period you're or whatever. Hysterical. You know? Yeah, yeah, you, you know, know that's. Have you really looked at how great your life is? You know, right. you're not being grateful other people enough. have it worse. Yeah, yeah. what about it? No, I mean, yeah, I had a neurologist like tell me to my face that he was not interested in te- in uh, treating me with very much urgency because uh, you know migraine is just a pain disease, and he had multiple sclerosis patients and patients with Parkinson's disease, and so sometimes you know I may not be able to be seen you know, readily or because, you know, you're just because I'm just a woman in pain and it's just destroying my entire life. So yeah, no, that's, it's insulting and gaslighting and the medical. And when you can't get help even from a doctor who you feel like should know how much Mm -hmm. pain you're in. So then how do you expect the people around you to empathize with you? You stop Mm -hmm. expecting it. Like if you can't expect it from the medical community, so then you stop telling everyone that's close to you how much help you need or how much pain you're in because you think it doesn't matter. Yeah, because an expert isn't validating the fact that what you are experiencing is an issue. Right. It's all in your head. It's all in your head. <laughs> and it was. Sweetie. It's, it's, it's Sweetie. in your head. The and, most powerful. And you can't get away from it. I mean, I, <laughs> not, to, not to take anything away from what you experienced, but I, you know, I have been suffering from plantar fasciitis in my right foot since April. It is a constant pain. And it's a, and it's just it my, takes over your life. You yeah, start thinking like it's just my foot. Like you just, start thinking it's just, it's just, just this. It's just my foot. And I and I look at people like, you know, out there 
jogging, walking their dogs. Like, and I'm like, bastards. fuckers, right? You know? <laughs> How I, dare you brag I'm like that? Like, Look at you. Look at you in those like new balance shoes. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Did you spend an hour flexing your feet before you went to bed last night? <laughs> Do you wear that contraption on your foot so that you can like lay in your bed? And then you're like, you're, you're, I know. I mean, you're afraid. You like, you get up. And I gotta, I have to go pee. Oh, I, like I will wait because I don't want to get up out of my bed to step on my foot in the middle of the night and then have that pain just radiate throughout my body. So it is not the same. And here I am as a woman discounting my own pain, right? Not the same pain that you have with a chronic migraine every day, which I am thankful. See, this is like, you know, okay, God, yeah, okay, I'll deal with my plantar fasciitis because I don't have yeah. the chronic pain in my brain. But I know what it's like to have, I know what it's like to have that chronic pain. Something and it doesn't even matter that it's like that the plantar fasciitis may or not be as bad as the migraine. It's that after every, you know, every day, every day, yeah. it just kind of starts to like. And you can't get away from it. You know, it's you a kind of torture. It is. Yeah. Um, and then it becomes, uh, for me, it just became something that I, became very like anxious about like am I going to be able to like make these commitments should I make plans so then I started over scheduling myself because if I'm canceling 50% of the time on the days that I feel good I want things to do so Mm -hmm. anytime I could show up I showed up if you were coming over for dinner it's going to be a big crazy over-the-top dinner because if if I have the energy if I can get out of bed I want to do it it's gonna be a great day yeah yeah if I can produce I'll produce Mm-hmm. And that is that has been must have been like just the hardest thing for you for since you're 17 years old and you're 30 over 35. Yeah, you're 38 <laughs> now. Um, so to like oh, to every day to feel mm-hmm. this way has to have developed a a, a bit of an edge almost like like uh, to me I I feel like. I would feel like, why? Why am I faced with this every every day, this constant pain, and I can't get away from it? Why? Why me? And why don't we have an answer to it? I've never, like, felt sorry for myself or thought I was, like, a victim or asked why me. My ang- I get angry. Um, I get angry because the medical community doesn't really care that much about this disease, but it's... I think the World Health Organization says it's like the third most debilitating disease on the planet. Oh my goodness! Um, the so productivity you're not, you're not loss, alone. No, and the productivity loss, and it's it's mainly a woman's disease. And I honestly think oh, well, that that's why. Yeah, there you go. I honestly yeah. think that because it's a it's a disease that more women suffer for more severely. Um, I I think that that's why it's not as um, understood or researched. Very, or? very little money is spent on researching it. These drugs that are coming out now, these uh, two or three drugs that are preventative migraine treatments, these are the first drugs um, that the FDA has approved for preventative treatment for migraine ever. Oh, my goodness. Just let that sink in. We've got like 15 boner pills. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. And like... Three migraine preventatives. And Everything you else, think, you would think that they would be actually trying to solve it. No, no about, honey, I have you know a what? headache. Yeah. Your wife has a headache. Let's do something about it. The boner pill right. isn't going to help. She no. still has a headache. She still has a headache. She's not going to want to do you. Yes, you would. She's still going to have a headache. 
Yeah, you would think that they would have at least tried to uh, uh, fix that issue. So that's ins- that frustrates me that um, women's health is so misunderstood, but men's erections are like we're gonna Top we're there for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my god. Um, so it's frustrating. The thing is, is that Terrible. if you think about it, you know, over time there's gonna be a bunch of men walking around with erections and no place to put them because the women are <laughs> all we're, suffering we're, from we're the headaches. We're over it now. <laughs> we're like, no, been we're there, over done with- that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, it's not gonna help make me feel better. My head hurts. You're not making me feel better. No. Um, so preventative. They have finally come out with some FDA, and they're like a thousand dollars a month for these injections. Oh my. And the sample sizes for the trials are so small that, like, you don't even know. are they safe? Like, look at all these things that the FDA has said are safe that end up being like. I don't, so I get right, nervous about other, them. Lots of other problems. Yeah, yeah. So at this point in time, nobody's actually out there trying to help you go to the root of the cause of these migraines. Well, I am in um, I am in counseling now, so okay. I do sit with someone a couple times a month, and so we're working on that. Hopefully, some of the psychological yes, triggers that might be causing like a physical manifestation or something. Um, and that was a, as a result of your last episode where yes. you checked yourself in. So. I think that's kind of circling back to a question you asked earlier that we, you know, we've been kind of, as good conversations evolve. Oh, there we go. We haven't. Off track. Oh, yeah. What did we, We, what did we lose? We, we lost that story of what happened Mm. that had you. Because we had so much backstory. Yeah. Um, But perhaps let's, this might be a good time to refresh our glasses and then maybe you can take us back there. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Okay. We'll be back, back in a moment. moment. Hello, Clitorally Speaking listeners. We are so glad you're here today. Um, we felt that you might enjoy hearing the words from the man himself, Julia's husband. I've been infatuated with Julia since the day she came into my life over 16 years ago. I remember feeling chills the moment we met. She, a whirlwind of energy and wisdom, does not suffer fools or allow anyone lower standards than she imposes on herself. She is a remarkable woman of exceptional intelligence and steadfast convictions. She's tall and loud and beautiful, but also imposing and intimidating, and she shows this to everyone she meets. I wish, of course, that I were introducing you to her under different circumstances. Here, she'll tell you how years of chronic pain from daily migraines that she has suffered since she was 17 chipped away at her resolve and depression began to creep in. But she persisted. She continued to put on the same brave face day after day as an anxiety grew and festered inside her. She knew the pain was winning as the migraines intensified, so did the number of days that she couldn't get out of bed. She was a prisoner in her own body and a ghost in her own home, unable to cook, to entertain her friends, to spend every free moment with her beloved children. Faced with the thought of giving in, of letting her standards and her own quality of life suffer, paranoid anxiety took over. Soon, the only logical end, she reasoned, was suicide. And that's where we join Julia's story. In this blog, you'll see, as I and everyone who knows her see, that she is not a broken woman. When even her conscience told her to give in, she fought back. She asked for help, knowing that getting that help that she needed might forever change the way people saw her. She worried that fighting back might mean fundamentally changing her life. Would she be able to work again? Drive her children to school again? There were days that the relentless pace of the world seemed simply too much. 
Could she find joy in a life that slowed to meet her new pace? In the midst of her breakdown, in her wisdom, she saw that fighting back is a lonely and scary journey, and she began to document her trip through hell. She made it through, and she lived to fight another day, and she wants to show you how you can too. I love you, Julia. I've gotten myself up off the floor. <laughs> this has some, been some really good champagne. I so appreciate you sharing it with us on your birthday. It's no. nice to share. It's it been is. so good that we actually burned through it really fast. Emily, you drank it so fast. Go ahead. <laughs> Me own too. It. Me own too. It. I poured myself you know. a really big glass. It's I fine. Love bubble. Oh, you should. It's your birthday. Mm-hmm. You should. And you guys didn't let me just put the straw in the bottle. No. I mean, you guys were like, no, it's for classic. It's cold and flu it's season. A, that's not responsible. It's a classic. Like, <laughs> be a classy girl, Michelle. I, I think it's a good thing that I came prepared with a second bottle. This is a first. It's good. As you know, clearly speaking the podcast listeners, this is a first this. we've actually opened up a second bottle on an episode. It's because no. you have a professional drinker with you. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, wait. You're welcome. That's right. We're just amateurs. Yes. We might drink a lot. In volume, people might think we're professionals. <laughs> but we're still amateurs, right? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So so I came prepared because I thought it might happen. You know, knowing that we were drinking bubbles, knowing that we were Julia on. Yeah, and, and Julia's a professional. I, yeah, I thought I should be prepared. So I brought for us a... Um, uh, how do you say the, the producer of this? I think it's Particolare. Okay. Um, okay. Yes. Particolare. If you want to be, yes, very fancy, it's, twist the pizza pie and you. Particolare. Particolare. It's Italian. And this would be their Grand Cuve, Cuve Brut Rose. And, you know, I have to say, we have been a little spoiled. Um, I have had the Particolare. Uh, before and I found it quite quite lovely. It's it's got nice tiny little bubbles. It's mm-hmm. from Tuscany. It's lush. It's velvety. It's got the red fruits and rose petals, strawberry, little subtle spice. It's very nice. Pretty pink um, color. Very. It's very similar in color mm-hmm. to this this uh, Copenhagen that you had brought before. Marie's bottle. Yes. So we are starting to dive into that as we dive into this next layer of our conversation. So before we left for our break. We were starting to talk about... Well, we, we had asked mm-hmm. and then went on an entirely different conversation, but you so wisely brought us back to, please share with us, Julia, what happened this summer that then led to the blog and the discussion and everything like that? Right. So um, <clears throat> after not quite feeling like myself for about a year um, and my migraines getting like kind of worse and worse. And I had um, a few cluster headaches in a row, which is terrible. What Uh, are those like? What's a cluster headache? uh, Doctors call them suicide headaches um, and they affect like nerves in your face. Uh, So it was like the migraines plus that on top of it, like they can affect your ocular nerve. So Mm. it feels like it, it feels like your eyeball is on fire. Wow. Like EDM music playing through the nerves of your eyeball and like jaw. It's I mean, it's terrible. I can't, you can't sleep through it. It's so intense. You can't get away from it. No, you can't. It's just like, I just would like lay in bed and kind of like meditate myself into like a zone. So I had like four of those over two months when I usually only have one or two a year. And I woke up one morning and I had, it's just so weird to even try to, to describe, but I had this like shaking feeling. It felt like It felt like someone had crawled inside my body and was like shaking me from the inside. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it was very unsettling. I was nervous about it. It made me feel really anxious. And and your children are home because it's summertime. Yeah, so it's like, the kids and, are and home. And now you have that additional pressure of like, I don't feel like myself. Right. Even in my worst points of time, I still don't feel like myself. Right. And I have my kids I have to take the care of. The kids are here. My husband's here. My dad's there. Mm. My dad lives with us now. Um, and I just... It was very unsettling to me, but uh, like along with the shaking feeling, when I kind of tried to calm down, I had this kind of like voice and it's like the same voice. Like when you're thinking about like, oh, what am I going to go? You know, what am I going to do today? It was just like, Ooh. don't worry about this. This is all going to be fine. We're going to get out of the house. We're going to buy a gun. We're going to kill ourselves. <gasps> and it was like in the third person like that, like we or this. What is that? Yeah, yeah, no, per- that's yeah. third person. Third per- yeah. yeah, so like it was me and this voice separate from me, and we were going to go kill ourselves. Oh. Um, and that was... Like- but like I knew something was really wrong, and so I stopped a couple of times. I talked to my husband. Was he aware that you were he knew processing something was wrong. differently? Like one of the, like one okay. time that I came downstairs during that morning, he like followed me downstairs, and he was like, if, I, if you leave, like will I see you again later? Like oh. that, it was that direct. And we and you were like, of course you will. Well, yeah, because it was we just have it under get, control. Get out, yeah, because we are going to fix this now. Um, yeah. But we even sat at the table, like we sat at our kitchen island, and like we're smart people. What do you do when you're having this problem? Like I even talked to him. I was like, I don't know. I think that there's something wrong, but what do I even do about that? We called my primary care physician. He left a message like, my my wife is having like a mental health crisis. Call me back and tell me what to do. I and think, can I, I just insert yeah. for a moment? Yeah. I I think it's amazing that you have that kind of relationship where you felt like you could have that conversation with your husband because quite honestly, uh, in past relationships I've had, I, I can't say that I would have felt like I could have... Like I've been safe to say right. something like that? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's that's... Great. A testament to right. your relationship with your yeah. husband. Yeah. yeah. Um, so please keep. No, just, no, it's fine. Well, it's. I mean, it. It. I should say, like, I ended up leaving that morning or yeah. afternoon. Um, were you by yourself, or did you? I was the by kids? myself. Okay, the so kids yeah. were with Tim. With him. So yeah. Um, we didn't know what to do, and I just thought I would. I would just get out of the house and figure out what to do as soon as I left. Um, I knew a friend of ours who was kind of a nut job who if I probably wanted a gun he would get it for me oh wow um and I just left the house and I was driving down Clarkson and I saw a Deerbergs that a friend of mine that I really cared about now works at and I I don't know why but I saw that Deerbergs and decided to just pull over and call Tim and wait for him to come get me um I guess I just, I saw that there. I thought about her and her kids. Mm-hmm. I just thought about it like being on Facebook that I'd killed myself and I'd driven by her store. And I don't, I don't even know what it was, but. You, you can't explain what it actually brought you where you Well, and I thought that up. that was a safe place to pull over. Like if someone came and was like, what the hell are you doing in this car? I could be like, I know someone in there. Public, I'm just waiting for my yeah. husband. I, I just didn't know what to do. It was um, explainable. Yeah. Why you were in the parking lot. Yeah. As opposed to if you had pulled over. I don't know with the the Bass Pro Shop. Well, and also you don't like, know anybody the Bass we're in, Pro like, Shop, West right? County and like car. <laughs> you know, the police don't have much to do but be like, "Hey, what are you doing? Curious. Like, why are you?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But did it, did it feel like it kept ramping up your anxiety, your your the issues that are going on? Like like it wasn't. Did it did when were you at the same level as it when you woke up that day? Like okay, today we're going to go kill ourselves. No, or did I was it just continue. I was to, till like an eleven. It continued to ramp up. Yeah, by the time I pulled over and called Tim, I was I was like bawling uncontrollably, um, and I just I couldn't like it was like. I couldn't make a decision. Like my brain was just broken. Like I called Tim and he said, what do you want me to do? And my answer was, I don't know. Well, unfortunately you could not make a decision. Right. Because you might've made a decision that was permanent. It's probably good that I couldn't make any decisions. Yeah. yeah. Probably good. I think it's very good. <laughs> so, um, I mean, my biggest regret about the day was that when I called Tim, he still had the kids with him. Um, and he didn't want to let me off the phone, and I didn't really want to be off the phone. So, like, they listened on speakerphone to me having this breakdown while he, like, drove as fast as he could to get me. Um, so, like, I will probably have regret about that you know, my what, whole life. But, but you know what? I didn't kill myself that day, so that's okay. Um, I mean, is it is it a terrible thing to have that kind of honesty with your family? No. Right? And I then- don't think so, because then— I feel like I'm teaching my children to know different kinds of people in their lives and to be compassionate. Um, They have an aunt that has special needs, Tim's sister. Um, They're wonderful with her. They, they're, you know, they, they understand that like she's different from other people and that it's a gift for them because she loves nothing more than to be with them. As if they didn't hear you and then that they found you dead. That would have been worse. What they oh heard you gosh. now on Being in your dad and their dad and his interaction with you, all of all of that example of how two people love each other and care about each other is priceless information and examples for them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing that you did that will ever ever be a negative in that situation because it what everything that you and Tim came from point of view was from love mm-hmm. you know so so i'm gonna give you the permission right now to just like toss that guilt mm-hmm. from that bit out of the side you know because i can because you know i've been drinking champagne <laughs> there you go <laughs> i've been drinking champagne this whole episode there but, you go but i i really think that you did not do them a disservice mm. because you're here Honest. you're still here mm. and and you neither of you uh walked away from the critical situation that was before you. Right. And that is a priceless lesson that the children can learn and process. And when they get older, it'll become clearer to them what they experienced. Mm-hmm. But right now, mom is still here. Daddy's still here. They love each other. They love us. And it's, the home it, is what we like came back to. Like the yeah. family unit, the um, the close friends, you mm-hmm. know, it's yeah. everything about my recovery has been kind of like been centered at being home but when you but when you decided to go to the hospital Mm -hmm. what was what was your tipping point because you know I've read your blog and I've read I've read the things that you've said and and I've you know I've met you a few times now and and you like so many women we try to keep it together we try to present this image of who we are but what was it that made you say oh no, today I need I need help. Well, and and I want to add on that just a bit because we know that you were you were you were there, mm-hmm. right? You were on your path to get a gun and in the in the parking lot. 
I want to know what transition to say, I want to live. Um, honestly, it was thinking about my kids, thinking about um, what would they think of me, you know, in 20 years? What would my daughter think on her wedding day about um, me not being there? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not... I'm not giving them anything to learn from. Like they're learning from me, like that life maybe isn't necessarily always easy, but it can be joyful. Um, and I hope that when they're a little bit older, they do understand what I've gone through, that they understand that it's hard to make a choice to live every day when it hurts. When you like hurt. it hurts, like physically hurts and emotionally hurts sometimes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I, I need to be there for them. And not just like my kids, but like my whole family, like my extended family. We weren't very close when I was younger. Um, so I just, I want all of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you're very honest in your blog, crazyyoungmother.com. Yeah. Thank you. You're very honest in the fact that you're like, if this, if my writings here and my explanation of how I felt helps one other person to be a, a stronger advocate for mm-hmm. themselves or to check themselves into the hospital ASAP. If, if anything that I do here can help one other person, then, then I will feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the other night I was watching this uh, video, uh, I'm sorry, documentary on Netflix called Feminism, Feminists, What Were They Thinking? Mm. It's fantastic. But there is a, there's a there's a little, little bit of an interview with Jane Fonda, mm. and she talks about when she goes. The only time we took family photos or had this family uh, appearance was when there was a photographer around, and she said. So they had this picture up, and she said, and "You can look at it." She goes, and it is quintessential of my life. My dad is looking away, not engaged in the family. She's like, "I'm I'm like fiercely sitting next to him, looking at him." Almost in a way, like, please, daddy, look at me. Look at me, yeah. And she goes, and my mother is off to her, like, her left shoulder or whatever. And her mother is also, there's some pain there. And she goes, and the thing is, is that my mother killed herself five months after this photo. And Jane Fonda is not even 10. Oh, my. And what kind of pain she sees in all of this. And I don't know why her mother committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Did her mother suffer from a, an ailment? Did, I mean, we don't, I don't know all of those details, right. but I was so taken with the fact that, that she could see and could feel and the, and the, this still, I mean, she's 70. Please don't, please yeah. forgive me, well, Jane, if you're not 70 yet, but she's 70. And still today that pain is evident mm-hmm. in describing it. And that you talked about your daughter and what would she think if you weren't there on her wedding day? I mean, you saved her as hard as it has been, as much as you might have wished it might have been different. And thankfully you didn't. Thankfully Mm -hmm. you got to the hospital. Thankfully you thought of your daughter because, you know, your daughter's not going to say that. She's not going to say, and my mom killed herself five months after this photo was taken. Nope. No. No, and the thing here. is, all the pictures would have looked so happy. Exactly. You know, this 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 front that we put on, and and women put it on, and they don't even have they don't have a physical an ailment. I mean, yeah. like you know, we we like put on fronts, and we're not suffering from a chronic pain that 
that you had that level on top of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am I'm so incredibly impressed with your poise, your <laughs> thank you, your oh laughter, your eloquence, your mm-hmm. vulnerability, your honesty, determination. Your determination to be here, to share with us, all of it is so inspiring that I I will yeah. not even complain about my foot in the middle of the night at 4 a.m. <laughs> I will not. I won't complain. You should complain about your foot if it hurts. I, But I, I know, but I'm just, you need to pat yourself on the back. Thank and you. I don't think you, I don't think you give yourself enough credit for, for all that you have overcome Mm-hmm. daily mm-hmm. to be here and that we as your friends and your family and your co-workers and your neighbors and your regional community. people your yeah. community that we don't thank you enough mm. for being in our lives i appreciate that thank you i think part of it is like i just i don't want to live my life in bed you know, I have well, a way I that mean, I want my could, life, but it's yeah, not know, that right? same way. It's no. not the way you think it would be. <laughs> I have a way that I want my life to look and I want to spend time with my family and I want to cook meals and have good food and, you know, try to see the world a little bit. So you can't well, do that from bed. Didn't it's, you say the other day when we were at lunch that you like you had a like a paradigm shift where instead of trying to plug Yes. Your life. Instead of making my life work for the world, I was going to make the world start working for my life. Yes. I love that. That it was that like an aha, like oh, angels yes. saying, and, and I like needed the skies to open up and rainbows. I needed this. to have a nervous breakdown and have a psychiatrist and a social worker tell me that I was one very sick and give me the permission to take care of myself and, um, yeah, you know look for different ways to make my life joyful and happy like you know joy as therapy i i want to share that quote with our listeners i think it's so brilliant i i that that ode ode to your well i think yes. we're so ode to julia we have yes. so much pressure to conform and to make our lives look a way that we think it should look or that someone martha told stewart. us that it should look <laughs> I, do. I love martha stewart again i blame her I, I mean we could blame her she did there's a little cookie lot, cut she's different now there's but, a lot of pressure i mean you know as as a young mother to feel inadequate because i didn't grow the wheat that i used there to make is my there's the whole magical there's cake. the whole magical childhood thing i'm not into that but That's there's a balance, me. right? I think I think what would be great is if we could look at these Martha's ideas. not going to be a guest on our show because she won't want to come on our show. But it'd be nice to look at these ideas and say, yes, this can't be our charmed life every day, every hour. Mm-hmm. We can't wake up with this beautiful tea and scone delivered to us in bed. And, right. all, and that scone was made with the oranges that were, you know, the glaze was made with the oranges on our tree and all this stuff. You know, we can't live that we can't aspire to that. Right? We can't consider that if we don't have that, but our life can, is shit. But we can no. choose moments yes. where we say, this is a special moment where we deserve to drink this very special champagne, where mm-hmm. we deserve to have lovely flowers on our table. Or if you're going to eat a meal, have it be a beautiful meal. Exactly. So, and and that's where I look to Martha Stewart for inspiration for those moments. I don't look to her to say, oh, I need my entire life to be this way. Yeah, (laughs) our life can't be like Martha Stewart living, no. 
No, but I think, and I think as women, we need to like give ourselves some credit permission. and permission and yeah. a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if we weren't trying to always live up to some unrealistic expectation of what a woman and a mother mm-hmm. is Aren't supposed we to be. Aren't we yeah. saints? Well, we're supposed to be saints as well as I like how in everything. our society we are like held up as these like, you know, the best, the end all, the best thing you can be in America is is a mother. But like we're crapped all over. We get like no benefits when we have our children. True. The medical community like lies to us about what having a baby is like. Well, there's a lot of information about and I have not had a baby yet. <laughs> I don't yeah. recommend yeah, it. No, she says yet. She says yet. Emily, but, have we have we discussed well, your age? Maybe maybe we should unpack that in a That's different a conversation. Other. You can say yet for as long as you want, Emily. It's fine. Thank you. Because you it's know not that, for everybody. There there is a possibility that she might someday. See, I'm. T- it's She's, not she, out of possibility. You still have a functioning uterus. So there you go. I. I Who doesn't still... want to hear the words "advanced maternal age"? <laughs> you heard it. I heard it. At thirty four, my last right? child. Yeah, right? you're not even that old, and yeah, you're like, "Did you, you just say that?" To you me? have you're a geriatric a, uterus. You're advanced yeah. maternal age. Is, I guarantee you. I guarantee you that a silver if, if a man was in there. Vitamins. Oh my God, sir, you have a geriatric penis. Why are you? Why are you not? Whatever. That. No, you don't go to like the geriatric urologist. You just go get your boner <laughs> to pills the, to the ger- They don't go. Let's talk about your advancing age and your heart health. Here's your boner pills. Right, right. They make a woman over thirty feel like an old maid for getting pregnant. But, she should know better. But <laughs> she should know better. She should stay away from those men with boner pills. <laughs> but to chime in on that, oh. like you know, it's true about pregnancy and. You know, I, I, because I am an avid podcast listener and reader and so forth, like I've, I've learned a lot about the female body and, mm-hmm. and things that And you that have are, a female body, and so I have there one, you go. But there's so much information that we do not know. Like after, after you have a baby, like. And everything gets sugar-coated. Everyone acts right. like it's the best time of your life. It sucks, you guys. <laughs> Let me tell you, the first three months you take a baby home is the worst. Am I wrong? Let it's like you. the worst. Like the. <laughs> The not sleeping, your boobs hurt all the time. You don't eat a hot meal. You you think you can take a shower, but you can't. That baby starts crying. Like as soon as you put the shampoo in your hair, <laughs> like at that, like you can't go back point. The baby's crying. And of course, we can't just let the child cry because if the child's crying, there's something wrong. You're definitely as scarring it for life. A- absolutely. That is a, <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah. it. This as opposed is, to like you don't get you don't jump out of that shower right now. And the kid is an axe murderer. Problems. Yeah. I remember like when my daughter, who will be twenty four in April, I remember when um the first few months after I delivered her and we were home and I, I just kept like wandering around the house with this baby going I feel like I'm the on the longest babysitting job ever, and why aren't the parents coming home to take this baby, right? It's like, oh, wait, no, it's my baby. And then the other thing was I would look at this this human being with her binky in her mouth, and she'd... Because she liked to talk early, and we'd stick the binky in her mouth. And she would still talk. But I would look at her, and I was like, that... Thing that human being is a physical manifestation of a decision mm-hmm. that her father and I made. 
and there it is. <laughs> and I have to have that for the next 18 years. Forever. Right Not there. 18 years, forever. Well, right. No, forever. She's always going to be my daughter. But like, you know, like that whole like, you know, 18 years they go off to, but it was like, you don't ever, you know, get to see, okay, today, today I think I'll wear like red pants, you know, and like the, you don't have like the long lasting consequences of deciding to wear red pants that day. No, you had that extra glass of wine and. Yeah. But like, oh, let's have a baby. And then you're like, here. Oh, wow. There she is. <laughs> now she's going to high school. Now did you she's, yeah. did you have the thing where they wanted to give you the bait? Like it's time to leave the hospital, and like they were literally just like, "Okay, sign this paper that you're not going to shake your baby and go ahead and go home with it." And I'm like, "Serious? That's oh. all you want to know from me?" Oh, I'm I'm I'm. You remember I'm your older oh, sister, yeah. so we didn't. They, have you didn't that. have to say you didn't. You didn't no, have to promise no. not to shake your baby. No, we just we just <laughs> delivered and like, we're gone in twenty four hours. If you shake hours. your baby, will you bring it back here? But, but is anybody going to say yes? I might shake my I guess baby. it's up to the hospital oh to just say, look, we made them sign this piece of paper. And they had a car seat. That's it. You sign the thing saying you won't shake your baby. You have a car seat. You get a baby. <laughs> yeah, it's like crazy. You I know? was just like, that's all you need to know from me. I was shocked. So my grandmother, who, I, who uh, passed away 10 years ago, she was... I asked her when I was pregnant with my second child, Jacob. I said, Grandma, you want to come watch me give birth to Jacob because she's like oh I'd love to the only thing I've ever seen give birth was like you know a cat <laughs> so grandma was there the whole time and uh Jacob was finally born April of 99 he was finally born the whole we won't even go to the whole delivery thing because that's like five other episodes but when she got ready to leave after Jacob's born and we're doing all the pictures of it, she walked over and she goes you know she was 84 when he was born she said you know Michelle she tapped my at the side of my bed. She goes, I think it was a little easier when I had a baby. They give you a little twilight, you wake up with a baby. <laughs> you know, versus really? everything that we That's do. That's what now. my grandma EJ would say. <laughs> she would talk about how great it was. And like, what? she had a baby, like my aunt, what, they were twins. But she went to the hospital and woke up and had two babies. <laughs> exactly. Like, what? They give a little twilight. They knock you out. <laughs> she didn't know she was pregnant with twins. The doctor didn't know she was pregnant with twins. She goes to the hospital. They give her the the twilight sleep. The twilight, twilight sweep sleep, which means you're like, and then you're, she woke up with twins. You're you're available to birth them, but you're not remembering. You everything. don't remember it. They knocked you out, and the husbands weren't there. They were smoking cigars and getting drunk in the waiting room. Yeah. She's like, you know, we get the little twilight, wake up with a baby, and as opposed to the whole drawn out, you know, crazy right. stuff with me and and like his dad passing out during the birth, you know, father down, you right. know. It was your baby daddy passed out during the birth. Well, I only have one baby daddy. Okay, I have three babies with the one baby well, daddy. Right. Yes, but he passed out on the oh, second child. Wow! So and, people, oh. and people were like, "This is your second baby." Yeah, come <laughs> on, like, suck it up, dude. That's amazing. <laughs> why? Why the second? It was, you know, that's a whole other episode. Okay. It was quite traumatic. And I love all my children. None of my births were easy. Yeah. No. no. And I and I was a fabulous incubator. Oh, I wasn't. I was. I, I mean, I, they 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 would all still be inside me right now. But I had to. I oh, forced yeah. them we, to come out we because had to, it was like no, no. We had to evict both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And my youngest, he's so insightful. He's so compassionate, and he gave me a birthday card one time when he was about six. Happy birthday, mom. It was a great idea to give birth to me. <laughs> and I said, you're right, Will. Because the option to stay pregnant forever, just not going to happen. No. No. And there are women and 
who I bet you ran into, like, oh, I love being, I love pregnant. being pregnant. I'm like creating this beautiful, wonderful living being. Get it out of me. <laughs> and I'm like, my fucking hips hurt. My pelvis hurts. I, I like, I have to, I, every day, every hour I'm eating Tums, this is not what I want to be doing. I'm curious what it feels like the first time you feel movement. It's the, weird. Yeah. It's very weird. Like, yeah. there's an alien inside of you, Emily. Yeah. And, like, so I'm 5'10". You, no one can see me. Mm-hmm. I'm 5'10", and I'm very leggy. Yeah. So, like, the space between the top of my hips and the top of my rib cage is one inch. So when I got pregnant, my OBGYN literally said to me, you're just going to look like a cartoon character. There's nowhere to go but out. And I mean, I was showing at nine weeks. Like there's just, it's just nowhere. So I had this huge belly. I like it squished my stomach so much that if I drank water, it gave me acid. Like water gave me acid yeah. reflux. Oh I was chewing Tums during oh, delivery. Oh God! You're, and then you're like you're taking the Tums and you're like, okay, if I take like any more Tums, I'm not going to poop for a week. So you're like <laughs> taking the Tum and you're like making this bargain in your mind. Like what's worse, not pooping or like acid reflux? Yeah. P.S. Acid reflux is always worse. It's always worse. It's always worse. But I think I think like the worst thing was was I was going to. It's like a week before I delivered my middle my second child and my daughter Megan she comes up and she's so excited she can't wait for baby Jake to be here but she says to me she goes mommy because she all my kids are four years apart so Meg's four she's like mommy after baby Jake comes let's pray to God to give us another one (laughs) (laughs) oh no we're not praying to God for anything no we're not gonna have any more babies we're gonna pray to God for my ovaries to be tied yeah and then we had one more (laughs) we had one more and he is awesome and and he was c-section and and the doctor had to go in and like uncurl his hand around from my liver yeah yeah but that's yeah yo he, he was not interested in coming out that's what's amazing to me to think about the fact that babies in womb can grab your organs. Like, yeah. Like and like so my second child, organ, when your, he, when I was pregnant with him and he liked to like, you know, kick, he liked to kickbox. Remember, I don't, okay, I might be dating myself. Tybo, that was like oh, this yeah. huge like exercise phenomenon going on. And I would swear I would be driving home like, holy fuck, he's, he's doing Tybo right now. <laughs> I, I just not. I need to get through this intersection because I don't know. I don't know if I can make it because he's ki- like. Well, he- and they're like kicking at your bladder. Elsa like lived on my bladder. Like it was like she yeah. just like. I'm parked. sorry, I didn't mean to pee on everybody right now. It's like she daughter. parked all six pounds of herself on my bladder. Yeah. Like I couldn't. I, the last month of being pregnant was me like almost falling asleep and then having to wake up and go to the bathroom because of <laughs> like so the last month I was pregnant with my daughter I was just like mad because I couldn't eat and I couldn't you sleep. sleep but you had to and pee you always had to pee all and I had time. to pee all the time <laughs> and like I would go I was uh, where was I working I was working at Deerbergs and people would ask me how I was doing and I would just like start crying like <laughs> drinking water makes me want to throw up how do you think I'm doing. And then they're looking at you like, why? Why aren't you enjoying this wonderful moment of being well, pregnant? Like every other, every other female, someone You're glowing. stole my Girl Scout cookies while I was pregnant. Oh, that's a that's a crime. <laughs> What's serious? I was like, I was this horrible person at the restaurant. I'd be eating, you know, or, or if I wanted to order, I would just go, "What are they having? Because that looks good. I want that." And I had some. I had a waitress one time. Like, I mean. Now that I think back about it, yeah, it probably looked like I was done, but I wasn't done. And she tried, she tried to take my plate and 
I almost, I almost. When a pregnant lady can eat, and if you try to take her food, no. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm not done. Lay off me. I'm starving. <laughs> Can't you see? Can't you, as, as you're laying back in, in her in the chair. Chris Farley episode. I'm starving. Yeah. Yeah. No, being pregnant was not my favorite time of my life. I got a I, yeast infection on my face. Like, it was just every oh, freak show thing. Yes. Every weird thing that can happen to you because it just screws up your hormones. And so things just stop working. Like, I have, like, beautiful skin. I'm, I'm yeah, fine. You are gorgeous. Yeah. You do. You're, you're a model, right? You've no. done some modeling? No. Really? I thought... I'm pretty sure I've seen you like walk the runway here in You're St. Louis. You're so good. I love you, Emily. No, it was serious. it was your clone. Yes, yeah. it was my clone. Oh, yeah. Okay, but I have the good hair and the good skin. A yeast infection <laughs> on my face, and I was like so angry about it. Like, what else can pregnancy do to you? Oh. When my gynecologist, like, I called the office and I'm like, "What is this on my face?" He gets on the phone. He's like, "You're not gonna like this." It's a yeast infection. It's on your face. It's disgusting. <laughs> He's like, go get something that'll like smother your pores. Like, <laughs> so what, explain that to your family at, at Christmas. I'm sorry. But I, I did just, get to go to just, Sephora and buy like a $40 thing of skin Iceland. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, mother-in-law. It's just a yeast I, infection on my face. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've never heard of this. I've right? never it's heard of bizarre. And yeah. then my hair stopped falling out, and I have so much hair. And then when it finally started falling out again, when I start stopped nursing, it starts falling out like four or five months after you're done nursing. And so it was such a long time gap between that I didn't associate the two. That my so much hair was falling out. I was like, oh my god, I have cancer. Oh, <laughs> and it falls out in clumps, Emily. Oh. Like I had bald spots. And on top like of here. that, you're still dealing with. The chronic daily migraine. Yes. How you haven't ended up completely and totally crazy, even though your blog says crazy young mother, yes. is beyond me. You know what? Being crazy is a little bit freeing because I can just say whatever I want. And now everyone's like, well, you know, Julia's crazy. So. Julia's crazy. I think we should all always say what we how we feel and what we want. Right? right? I mean, we probably are all Crazy. Well, we have this podcast that allows us <laughs> to say whatever we want and be whoever we want whenever it's we want, true. which is nice and liberating at yes. the same time. Thankfully, I don't have to get pregnant to to experience <laughs> this again. That's yeah. that is like all kind of good things it's because true. I am a, I am very advanced maternal age. <laughs> Very advanced. Maternal you would get age. a tisk tisk from the doctor. Probably <laughs> the doctor would look at me and is like, "Did you not know how this happens?" Excuse me, Michelle. Do you are you not aware of how this happens? <laughs> no, it's another immaculate conception. You're a virgin, <laughs> another, right? I another, am another, <laughs> the fourth. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have sex. I just birth children. Oh my gosh! So we were talking. <laughs> About sex? Of course we were. We we were talking to someone who was doing some sex education in a third world country. Oh. Remember? And there was a young couple that was trying to get pregnant. Yes, where were we? Well, this was at the conference where we we, Oh, the conference. That's right. We went to this conference. You're right. Is this the one you guys were at before I saw you? Okay. Yes. Correct. Yeah, yeah, we went to this amazing conference. It was a wise women, women in science and entrepreneurship. Yeah, and it met some very interesting people. And but this conversation was fascinating. And so, 
There's this young couple that's, you know, a very poor, uneducated country. Third world. Definitely. And they weren't getting pregnant. And so they— Fast enough. They'd been married young, and there was within a year, and the woman was not pregnant yet. Yeah. This was a problem. And so they went to the doctor. Well, they were like 19, 18, 19, yeah. And so the doctor was doing a full examination, started with the— the wife, and realized that there were all these bruises on the belly of this woman. The belly what button. were they doing? No. Mm-hmm. Stop. Yeah. No. Serious. What was, were they doing? What had they been doing for a year? He'd been fucking her no. belly button. Yes, he had. Because he didn't know better. And she didn't know better? And she no didn't one had know told them. Nobody no. had told them how it actually worked. I mean, I guess that's better than like... Uh, I don't know why that's better than anything. She was bruised. <laughs> he was trying hard. He was really trying hard. Trying hard to put the baby in there. <laughs> he was like, of course he was. and you know what he was saying? He was like, damn it, you're an Audi. How am I supposed to do this? You have an Audi. A year. A year. A year. So how shocking is finding out how it works actually? I mean, <laughs> no, imagine how much no, fun they them, finally how, had. How liberating that, it is. That's true, She's probably. Like, oh, this is so much better. This is, I'm sure this, he this. seemed like a rock star after, wow, <laughs> after doing her belly my, button my for a year. My question is, is how did he actually get to the point of fruition with Oh, he just can't, well, it doesn't take right? that long to come, right? <laughs> you know, it's just it's just some friction. I mean, you know? I guess if you don't know anybody, I don't yeah, that's and he's probably going the whole time. I don't know I'm, why I'm, everybody I'm likes this. this. I don't know why everybody yeah, likes why is this. Why so obsessed with this? <laughs> Beating on my wife. This hurts. <laughs> She's bruising and stuff. <laughs> We're not having babies. <laughs> this is terrible. This is awful. How? Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I I don't know how we got on this track. You always take us to those places, Emily. You always do. Always. always. But um, anyway. All right. Well, I'm going to say this. I am so thankful that um, you you found the right path to recovery and that you didn't listen to those voices inside your head. And you know what? It's always special to celebrate a birthday with a friend. But I feel even more honored that you shared this birthday oh, with thank us. You guys. It feels to me like this is almost a rebirth kind of birthday for you. And I so I really one. am I'm humbled and I feel like it's a real gift that you're here. So thank you so much thank for joining you. us, Julia. Yeah. I'm still here. And and Julia, I would ask you if you could say something to any of the women that are listening to us, to, to our men that are listening to our episode tonight, our podcast, that might identify a little bit with how you're feeling, mm-hmm. what or how you felt or the, the struggles you have daily, what would you say to them right now? When I finally decided to get help, I just stopped and at every step of the way, I thought about where I felt safe. So um, for some reason that Deerberg's parking lot called out to me, so yeah. I stopped there. Yeah. When we couldn't decide where to go to get mental health care, I thought about the doctor that I felt most comfortable with, and we went directly to that office. Um, if any of my story sounds like something you're going through, um, find someone you feel safe talking to and just start there. Anyone at all, um, even if it's kind of a semi-stranger, 
I found a lot, especially since I shared my story. Yeah. Um, Hundreds of my friends have sent me messages about um, getting help uh, just for small things even or asking about how to get help with anxiety. So even if it's not, you know, you're fully suicidal, even if it's I'm having these panic attacks or I'm having these worrying feelings, just find someone you trust, anyone at all. I think anyone would want to help their friend. So that's my best bit of advice. Yeah. Thank you so much. You oh, were welcome. Thank you. Guys. Such a joy. What a good birthday. You're a light. Can I bring fancy wine again? Anytime. Yeah. yeah if we <laughs> could celebrate your like your quarter birthday, we have your to half have birthday. worth it wines because I can't drink that much. So what kind of wines? Worth, worth it, it wines. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. With my medication, I can't drink a lot, so absolutely. I only drink worth it wines. Well, now. here is to you. Thank yeah, you, Julia. Happy birthday. And we love you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for coming. Happy today. birthday to me. Thank yes. You. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, if you have thoughts to share, if you can relate to the story, if you yourself are looking for help, please uh, feel free to contact our comment line, 812-727-0794. You're also welcome to email us at clitoralyspeakingthepodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We do have that website. Find us, subscribe, connect with us. We want to hear what you're thinking. We want to hear your stories. And uh, we appreciate that you're here with us today. Ciao. Bye.